0: Morning. morning. And again, happy Mother's Day, and thank, thankfully we have just a room full of beautiful people. Thank you for all the women in my life and in your life who've invested and led and encouraged and nurtured and taught in so many ways. We are celebrating all of you today. Uh, we are just delighted that you're here, and we're going to continue our series, uh, Living on Prayer. In the first service, Steve Bodwell uh, read the text, and uh, I, knew, I knew a long time, Steve, before this series was set up. That, that was his most favorite song of all time. 1986, Bon Jovi. Uh, he got a little carried away in the first service. So uh, to mellow things out, we have his wife, Sue. Let's give a, give a round for her. She's going to read the text. And it may be mellow, but I've been living on a prayer for almost 29 years. There you so. go. <laughs> it's my song, too. <laughs> Let's if you'd slide. all please stand with me for the reading of the word. Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God's Word. Thank you. Please be seated. So this past Monday, I received a card in the mail on the back. It said, Pastor Pete, your first baptism. This is Grace Joan Teal, and her mom, Stephanie, uh, and dad, uh, Jim, sent me an announcement for her graduation. uh, 18 years ago, my very first official baptism as a pastor in Minneapolis. Isn't that great? What a beautiful I remember her so well. And here she's growing up to be a lovely young woman going off to college. She's going to spend her first semester with YWAM, Youth with a Mission in Australia. That's just great. And that not only, of course, having an incredible mom to to raise and care for her and her brother and sister, but then for Stephanie to remember me uh, and to to include me in that celebration. That was just warm feelings inside. So, uh, she's, She's setting off on a great adventure that God has in store for her. And uh, owes a lot of, of that to the investment of her parents. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus gave them a model of prayer that, that turns our laundry list of prayer concerns, uh, seeking God's handout into a living encounter with God. To bring all of ourselves to God all of our spiritual needs, but indeed we'll learn this morning, all of our physical needs, our everyday needs before God so that we can live. The prayer begins, we looked at it a few weeks ago, the prayer begins with God's character, focusing on on the beauty of who God is. Before we seek His hand, we want to see His face, and that's where Jesus teaches us to start. He says, pray this way, our Father who's in heaven, our father he's ours by by god's sheer grace collectively together we can know the god who's unseen as our father who's ruling from heaven and then the first petition the first request the first thing we want to lead with before we get to our our laundry list is hallowed be thy name hallowed be your name Glorify your name. May may praise come to your name. May your your name raise up, and may there be fame in all the world. Hallowed be your name. Christian prayer really is worship. It's the beginning of worship. That's how we spent the first uh, half, over half of our service, in praise and worship to God. And that's where Jesus teaches us to pray, in response to God's character, in seeking his face before we, we look to his hand. So we're not asking for anything at first, but for God alone. God, before we even ask of anything, before we even thank you for the things we have, we thank you for being you. We wanna see you. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the greatest uh, 20th century British evangelist uh, said this. He, He ministered for over 30 years at Westminster Chapel. He said this quote, "'Prayer is beyond any question The highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. We pray for God's name to be hallowed. It means glorified, made holy. Praise in in all we say and do and in all the earth, all that God has earned that he receives it And we pray also that we would truly know God for who God truly is. Not the God of our imagination, not how we'd like to think God is, not our edited version, but God, we want to have a relationship with you and you've revealed yourself to us through your word and most perfectly through your living word, your Son. To truly know God's power and wisdom and love and justice and then well with that, with that direction and that attitude, then we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Petition two and three. It's a response to God's character. We're praying, God, we want your will to be done, not my will. We want things on earth to be like they are in heaven. Where the angels are dancing, we want to dance. Where, where your reign is supreme, we want that here and now. And may begin with me and with you. How much will does a child have? Let me put it in, rephrase it. How much authority or reign does a little child have? About as far as they can reach, right? This is their world. But even a little child thinks that they're in control of everything. What's the one of the first words a kid learns? Mine. Mine. It's mine. And mom says, oh, if you only knew... I carried you for nine months. I'm going to carry you until you're 18 and out the door. But isn't that true how we live our lives so often? It's mine. It's what I want. It's what I need before we come to God and say this very prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. I want to yield control over to you, Holy Spirit. I want you to be ruling over my life over my circumstances, over every situation I find myself in, the hills and valleys, I want you to be there. I want you to be working in me and through me. I want you to be working in and through us. I want you to grow the church. All of that's packed into Petitions 2 and 3. Lord, continue working on us, working through us, working uh, alongside us. And we, notice I'm mentioning us. Uh, the, the plural there, you know, we're so individualistic, aren't we? Especially as Americans, we're so much about me and, and my wants, and but Jesus doesn't allow us to do that. All these uh, uh, pronouns are in the, in the plural. It's about our Father in heaven. It's about seeking Him together and seeking His will as one body of Christ, that we would res- surrender our personal wills and our collective will to God and listen and obey for his effective rule to govern not only the universe, but our homes, our places of work, every places that we go where there's influence, that God would reign supreme. So packed into uh, this brief little prayer, Jesus touches on every pattern of Christian living. Every day we're called to start right here with worship and to surrender to his will and his life and then, then we can humbly yet boldly come into His presence by the invitation of His Son. We can come humbly and boldly into the presence of God and make our request known. And we pray in Jesus' name. That's not some secret password, praying in, in Jesus' name. It means that your requests are ultimately to fulfill His glory, to bring glory to God, like, God, I'm praying in Jesus' name, this prayer request. And and if it's your will, in Jesus' name, may it be so. If it's not, teach me otherwise. Help me understand. Lead me through this. So often we jump to the laundry list. Right out of the gate, we come up with all the things we need. And when I was a little boy, we grew up in a neighborhood that uh, had a park across the street. And uh, by the time I learned uh, to safely cross that street back and forth, my parents said, go Go and play until the sun goes down. So I'd be out there till nine o'clock at night. There's no parental guidance whatsoever. Just come in uh, when you're finished. I remember coming in, throwing open the door, panting. Oh, okay, I need, I, I need this, I need that. And as I'm trying to explain what's going on and the things that I need, my mom's Here, here's a glass of water, here's a, here's a sandwich, go ahead and go back out. And so often when we pray, we have that hyperventilated. Prayer list. This prayer teaches us to catch our breath, to listen. And now we come to the fourth petition, the number four, the fourth request, where Jesus sums up here all of our physical everyday needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, just before Jesus includes this teaching in his greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He's just said to his disciples that your Father in heaven knows all your needs before you make the request. And so what's our response to that? Some might say, well, I guess I I shouldn't ask for anything, God, because you already know, so just make it happen. Like, I might as well not even ask because I probably can't get it anyway because you don't think I'm worthy enough, so I just won't even mention it. Is that what he's saying? No, he's not saying that. Is he saying, well, God has no idea what's going on in your life, so you have to inform him. Lord, uh, just so you know, the market's been kind of rough, and I'm on a fixed income dependent on the doubt. No, he doesn't need that either. It's much more a reminder to us, to you. God is our ultimate provider. And yes, he knows your need before you speak, but, but he invites you to speak that need. Philippians 4.19 says this, God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. What a promise. God will meet all of our needs in the riches, the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's all summed up in Bread. Here's someone needing bread. Bread was a staple. Uh, the Jewish diet probably still is. We all love carbs, right? We love carbs. In the Bible, bread is a symbol of God providing for His people. You'll remember uh, when the children of Israel were rescued from Egypt and they, they crossed uh, into the wilderness and they wandered for 40 years. And what was their favorite pastime, besides making idols? Complaining! It was so much better in Egypt. we had meat in our pots, we had vegetables, and here we are out here, and they're just complaining all the time. And Moses, the mediator between God's people and the Lord God, he's like, all the time he's just like praying like this, like, ah, 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 hmm, ah. just trying to put words to, ah, uh, come on. And he did that a lot because they complained so much. Then you can look to Exodus chapter 16 and what did the Lord do? How did the Lord God respond to all of that complaining? In the book of Exodus chapter 16, it says the Lord God responded by providing for his hungry people. Bread from heaven in the day and quail at night. They would wake up and and rub their eyes and look out and there was manna from heaven. Enough for the day. And in the evening, Quail by night. God provided miraculously for His people, and so that's called to mind here of bread, the importance of bread. We have a Western idiom of of the breadwinner. That's the uh, the partner in a marriage who brings home the the money. It's the money. And they also bring home the bacon too. So bring home the bread, and the, whatever you go with it. You know, bread, money. Uh, bread used to be a slang word for money. You can remember those those days it was a while ago. Jean Valjean, we're talking about Les Mis, he th- ended up in prison. Why? Because he stole a loaf of bread. So bread! Okay, I was try to make a little reference to our our thespians in the house that did Les Mis at at the high school. The point is, back on track, Pastor Pete. <laughs> bread represents our daily physical needs. Now I want you to hear this. Do not over-spiritualize this prayer. Don't over-spiritualize it. Yes, Jesus quoted scripture when he was fighting off and fending off Satan and said, man shall not live by bread alone, uh, Matthew 4 and Deuteronomy 8. And he was speaking in that battle of of, of the word of God like like bread. And yes, he said, I am the bread of life. He was referring uh, to himself as the bread of life, even as there is the bread of presence in the tabernacle and yes he said to his disciples in john six thirty five, whoever comes to me will never go hungry whoever believes in me will never be thirsty these are all ways that we could spiritualize them we say yes and amen to all of them the lord gave us the lord's supper jesus was born in bethlehem do you know what that name means it means the city of bread for goodness sake we could over spiritualize all of it but listen do not over spiritualize prayer don't separate your spirit and soul from your body this fourth petition brings the two together this is a call to to god for help for our daily physical everyday needs so at the end of the day jesus at this point in the prayer is getting very very practical we need things don't we we have lots of wants and we can feel bad about those things but we we have needs too so we first look to god's face we, we seek him we worship him we did that for over a half an hour uh, this morning in worship that's where we begin our prayers we wake up we say lord thank you for this day i want to speak uh, of your greatness and your goodness and your character i want to see your face and now give me this day my daily bread and, and then we start to share our greatest needs but let's not over spiritualize it because even as we can look at those passages that over spiritualize we can look at other passages that bring it down to earth that bring heaven down to earth when I think of bread I think of Jesus sending his disciples to steal a little boy's lunch you remember that how did he feed the 5,000 and the 4,000 he took some little kids lunch <laughs> and multiplied that to feed people, to fill their bellies with food. Spiritually speaking, no. With real food. Bread and fish and more fish. It calls to mind uh, how he answers our prayers and exceeds them greatly. And it calls to mind the wedding banquet. Real need. In John's gospel, the very first... um, miracle was what? John's Gospel is the most spiritual of all four Gospels. It's very, very spiritually looking at Jesus from that perspective. But what's the practical first miracle? They're running out of booze at the wedding, and his mother comes to him and says, are you going to do something about this? And what does Jesus say? Mom. He says, what we have with me, woman, like I'm just not, not now. What does Jesus do? He transforms water into wine. And we can over-spiritualize that. We can look into that. It's an amazing symmetry there of uh, a foreshadowing of the kingdom to come, that we're being called to the banquet of the kingdom, and the king is coming. Yes, that's true. But at the end of the day, John records that the, the, the special guest to that wedding stands up and says to the groom, you saved the best for last very practical need give us today our daily bread now for those of you who want to geek out a little bit on this uh daily bread daily that word daily in the greek it only appears twice in all written uh, literature that we have here in matthew 6 and in luke chapter 11 the only two places where the lord's prayer is penned this word appears for daily and so it can be interpreted in different ways it can mean Give us today the bread what we need today. And in Matthew's gospel, we think that that's kind of where he's leaning. In Luke's, it seems to be give us today this bread, and we also thank you. We look forward to the bread we will have for tomorrow, hopefully on the the table. So there's a bit of a double meaning there. You know, the Israelites learned something about that bread from heaven. They were taught to collect only enough for the day. Do you know the passage? So they're picking up the bread and they're putting it in their pockets and, you know, they're stuffing it wherever they can. And and what happened if they disobeyed? They p- took too much. It, it would turn to it bag- it's Enough for the day. Except the day before the Sabbath day. And then they could take a double portion. So we pray, we thank you, God, for the daily needs you're meeting today and we also pray for tomorrow. They're both sort of included in this. Prayer. Okay, let's get practical. Okay? A couple of practical points. They all begin with B. Uh, the letter B, B, E. Today's sermon's brought to you by the letter B and the number, Pastor P, hurry up and finish the sermon. Okay, number one, be specific in your prayer. Be specific. Christian prayer is not transcendental meditation. Just clearing your minds of mindfulness oh there's no real suffering in the world it's just a state of mind yeah there's real let me punch you in the arm and tell me that that's not real christian prayer is the most reality-based prayer there is because we are engaging with ultimate reality with god you are communicating with the lord god almighty the ruler of heaven and earth and so christian prayer must be specific and to the point. Christian prayer shouldn't just be a, a gobbly, a, goop, a bunch of mash up of whatever's on your mind and filling your heart and just. No. Catch a breath. Think about what you're going to ask and be specific in the asking. I wonder if I asked us to be quiet for just five minutes. Just fi- five minutes. What would happen? in this room if i were to say let's let's close our eyes and just quietly take a moment to thank god for who he is and then begin to just listen i think the room might empty (laughs) before we're done five minutes as long as it takes for that netflix shows if you skip the the credits just the opening credits what would happen some of us would find that time incredibly helpful in fact, we'd just, just be getting started when it was over. But for others of us, just too much, too much. Fill, fill up the, the empty space. And Cheryl and I uh, would go to Tahoe uh, a number of times. And a couple of times we'd go where there was a hot tub and there was uh, pine trees over, the, over the, uh, the, the hot tub. And when the bubbles stopped, somebody would have to hit the button. You know when you have to like, OK, oh, I guess I'll go. And because you ah, turn the bubbles back on, because why? We, we like bubbles, but why else? Because when the bubbles stopped and the water was still, it was filled with pine needles. Oh, wow. Mm, hit the button. And sometimes that moment of stillness that, that we're avoiding, those pine needles, are just the things that God wants to come and show us and, and help us scoop them out of our lives. I wonder what would happen if we were quiet for a moment so that our prayers aren't filled with a to-do list and anxiety, hopes, dreams, sadness, joys, and all the rest. Shh. Be still and know that He is God, and be specific. And secondly, be real. Be real. Like sometimes I'm in a prayer uh, circle, and we're asking for prayer requests, and we'll say, okay, why don't you share? Like, uh, I just pray for a hedge of protection, which is a hedge. What's a, what's a hedge? You I mean, know, like, like topiary, a hedge? Or well, do you have any prayer requests? Yeah, I just uh, an unspoken prayer. I get it if we're uncomfortable sharing, but an unspoken prayer every single week? Unspoken? Let's get real. Let's be specific. When I graduated from college, I served at a, a Christian camp ministry, and after I finished that camp in Santa Cruz, California, I wanted to move back to Davis to be close to Cheryl. The love of my life. She was still in school. And I, needed, I wanted to be up there while she finished school, but I needed three things. This is August, by the way, in Davis, California. I needed a car. I needed a place to live. I needed a J-O-B job. And I got on my mom's Schwinn bike. That's right, it was my mom's bike. I'm not, not too proud to say it, I was wearing that sports coat. Remember, it was awful, sweaty. I prayed specifically, and in real time, God, I need i need a place to live i need a car and i need a job and the lord answered that prayer in one day so can if god is sovereign over all things can we pray for a parking spot is that can can i pray that i'm not burning mother's day dinner right now is can that can, can you pray for the now maybe not the first thing we pray let's get things in order but does god care about your everyday circumstances you bet You bet. You can bring all those things to them. Third, be generous. This is a very generous church, so this is going to be an easy one. Be generous. When we pray, give us today our daily bread. Remember, it is plural, and for many of us here, we have a lot of extra bread. Right? Can we be honest? By world standards, we are absolutely loaded here in the Pacific Northwest. This is a prayer against exploitation. This is a prayer that reminds us that we're to love God and to love our neighbors. To love those that are less fortunate. But there are people literally that will not have bread on the table to feed their children and themselves tonight. The youth garage sale on average has raised between six and $8,000. I've been told we raised $9,000. It's incredible. Praise the Lord for that. A tremendous amount of work and effort from our our team, from our volunteers, from our students who invest 10 hours a piece or more, it's an incredible uh, feat. I think even greater feat than that is the generosity of our church to support youth mission, uh, youth ministry. And now by the grace of God, the upcoming budget, uh, we're going to be able to increase the budget for youth ministry uh, so that we don't have to have a, a fundraiser like that so we can support the ministry and free our team and those students to go off campus into the community to make a difference for Jesus. At the end of the, uh, the, the, the yard sale, we had Goodwill. We had Corner of Love. We had other ministries come and take things that, that they could. And, and then all the rest of the stuff, it, it ended up in a giant dumpster. What a, a sign that we have so much, so much. A couple weeks ago, we had Serve Sunday and for those that stuck around on campus, you put together homeless packets. Just necessities that someone might need. Toothpaste, toothbrush, socks, a bottle of water, gloves. The one I grabbed just happens to be for a, for a woman, it says, woman pack. Now I imagine, who, who's this going to go to? and Who's going to deliver it? Should I deliver all of them myself? I imagine the woman that will receive this, she has a mom, a mother. Maybe she's a mom herself. Maybe she wanted to be a mother and never could. What might this represent? What if we took these out and and bless and prayed this prayer, this practical prayer? This is the prayer of Jesus. It's not only for us. It's to be generous to others. Jesus fed 5,000 and 4,000. And scripture records that when he did, uh, and he multiplied the resources of one lunch, what happened? They started to collect all the crumbs and all the leftovers. And isn't it interesting, and not by coincidence, that they filled how many baskets? 12 baskets. Enough for each disciple to put his hands to use and keep serving. That's what God wants to do. If he has been generous to you, we not be generous in return he took what what was available and made much more of it be specific in prayer be real be generous and finally be content god our father has assured us if we trust his son by faith we can trust him to provide for our daily needs he is jehovah jireh the lord will provide if we believe in god we are secure in christ amen Paul writes to uh, Timothy in his first letter, Godliness with contentment is great gain. What a powerful testimony in this age of of want and greed to be content, to model that to other people. My wise and beautiful wife has has helped me learn a phrase we're working on of not saying I can't afford it because I know I can, whatever I want to buy, I I can afford it. Don't say, oh, I can't afford it. But I, we choose to invest what God's given us in a, different, in a different way. It's a very attractive quality for people to see in your life, a quiet confidence of God at work in your life. Everybody pull out your cell phone and hold it up. If you've got a cell phone, I know you do. Come, lift it up in the air. Let's see your cell phones. Lift them up, high and proud. Keep them up if you you have any physical need of any kind, any everyday need. And this is what I want you to do. This is my personal cell number on the screen. I want you to right now send me a text message. I got 75 in the first service. I want you to send a personal text message to me with a specific real prayer request. Don't call me. Who's calling me? Come on now. Rob, stop it. Jeez. This happened yesterday. My mom, my mom called me during our, our, our meeting with other elders. And I said, you know, you can send a message, hey, can't talk right now. So then she tried to FaceTime me. I'm like, oh gosh. Oh, technology. 425-6875-309. Send that text message right now. <laughs> what is this? this is going out on the web. We're not gonna. I want you to send me a practical prayer concern. See, I just, I know, can I really ask? Yes. Our Father says, "Come with your daily needs." All the bread represents. And as you do, I'm going to read this passage from Matthew, the way Jesus ends that that great sermon, and, and, and a new translation. But when I hear these words, as a reminder as an encouragement to to keep sending those text messages that I will indeed be praying. This is good work. I'd rather be doing this work than going to meetings or doing stuff online, or whatever, all the other things pastors do, I want to pray for you. That's why I want to learn to pray. That's what a pastor is. Stop calling me. Start texting. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Text lines are open now. It doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> Here are these words from Matthew 7. Our Lord says, Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. And every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Do you not know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food a plate of rocks instead? Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, Know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best. How much more readily is your Heavenly Father to give you wonderful gifts to those who ask Him? Let's pray. Lord, we pray that our prayers would be in this context of our daily bread. Lord, that we would offer to you our whole selves and then we would come to you with our our very real, specific needs. God, help us not to separate out thinking, oh, there's only spiritual things, our spirit and soul is on one side, and we forget about the body. Uh, Our our resurrection faith, Lord, brings the two together. We want to bring heaven to earth, down to earth. So we want to get earthly and earthy and dirty and real and honest. We know that you would hear our prayers this morning. Lord God, I remember these words from Lamentations 3, and 23. The steadfast lo- love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God, you are faithful. pray that you would hear these prayers of your people and even my prayers this week over each of these prayer concerns and answer us quickly. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's children said,
1: tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. when brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken come on my fear my fear does not stand a chance when I chance when I stay
2: Stand for the benediction, you already are. you know what? We're standing in his love. And as you leave this place, you go in that love as you leave here today. And if you haven't read this insert, even if you're not in home group, read the quote from N.T. Wright, a Christian thinker from Britain. And he says, When you leave this place today, and just go home to a big lunch like I'm going to do, but take a homeless bag. And on the street corners, you can pass these out. It's got a gospel message in here, but it's got water, it's got snacks. Our home group did 60 of these once, and I took my grandkids and drove through Renton. And then the other day they said, Papa, you made some more. Can we drive through Seattle this time? (laughs) Pass these out on the street corners, wherever you go. Some of you guys traffic other areas. It's really cool. So go today in the power of Christ and share his literal bread as well as the spiritual bread. We do that every day as we walk along this road of life. So go. Go in his name. Enjoy this day with your families. In Jesus' name, and everyone said...